Hey, it's Dean. How the heck are you, my friend? Welcome to the Psychology of Weight Loss. It's a show where we, yes, we learn how to think greater than our emotions so we can be more reasonable and rational with the choices that we make so we skew the odds of weight loss success in our favor. And today, what I wanted to talk about was something that I wrote in my newsletter uh, that came out last Sunday. And if you're not subscribed, I am going to suggest you. you <laughs> I'm going to suggest you subscribe. I have a problem with words to start with S, but I'm going to suggest that you subscribe. Each week, I share five ideas worth stealing that are going to help you on your weight loss journey. And what I'd like to do first is I want one of the ideas I shared that I said I would expand on in in the podcast was the fourth idea worth stealing. And I'm just going to read to you what I wrote then. And it actually starts with a James Clear quote that I really, really like. So here's James's quote. Asking what makes someone successful is like asking which ingredients make a recipe taste good. It's not any single ingredient. Apparently, I have a hard time saying that too. It's not any single ingredient. It's the combination of many ingredients in the right proportions and in the right order. And the same is true of habits. It's not a single habit that transforms us, but rather the bundling of a small number of essential habits. This bundling creates an exponential impact far greater than the sum of the individual habits. So that's what I wrote. Uh, As you can tell, I'm a terrible reader of my own writing, Um, but I really, really love this idea. And as far as I know, habit bundling is a languaging term that I have come up with for myself. And so I'm sharing that with you. And I want to talk a little bit more about what that means to me and how I'm using it. And as I'm talking about it in relation to my life, I want you to think about a couple things. Number one, pay attention to the thoughts that bubble to the surface because if they bubble to the surface, they're important. Even if they're not directly connected to what I'm talking about, pay attention to those. And uh, I would suggest listening with a notebook or your phone handy where you can take notes of things that do stand out Because if you're relying on memory, it's going to let you down, my friend. I do not rely on memory for anything on this journey anymore because memory sucks as a successful weight loss tool. So um, what I'm going to talk to you about then is habit bundling. And my my theory with this is that uh, it's not a kind of to James's point about a recipe, right? It's not. It's the combination that makes something spectacular, makes something amazing. It's the same thing with our habits. It's not a single habit that is going to transform transform our lives. It's about figuring out which series of habits, when bundled together, are going to create the magic that we're looking for. And I believe the magic number is three. Now, that's just a Dean bias. You can take that with a grain of salt. But what I like about three is sort of the... I wrote, I wrote and I did a podcast about this way back. It might have been called The Mindset Show then, but it was sort of about the, the magic of three, this idea of there's, there, there is something magical. Archimedes talked about it. Uh, comedians use it, sort of the rule of three. 
uh, when they're telling a joke. I do think that there is something magical about the number three. And so I have always been obsessed with trying to answer this question. What three essential habits are responsible for the bulk of my success? Now, let me tell you this. I've been trying to, an- I've been trying to answer this question for the past three and a half years. For the past, let me be more specific, my friend. For the past 1,230 days. That's where I am on my, on my uh, present journey. I've been trying to answer that question for the past three and a half years. And the answer constantly changes. So I'm going to give you the answer that I believe is correct today based on what I presently understand to be true about myself. That wording, by the way, is very intentional because one of the things that I uh, have learned on this journey, and this was from a decade ago, is realizing that what I presently understand to be true may change over time. And I want to be open to being proven wrong. And I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to get so ingrained in something that when the truth reveals itself, I ignore it. Because we all do that, right? We all, in all areas of our life, we get so ingrained with one idea, and we're unwilling to have a challenge. That when the truth reveals itself, we ignore it. Uh, perfect example in my life. I wrote a book back in 2012. I've talked about this before. One of the chapters was called "Smash the Scale." I firmly believe that people should not be weighing themselves. I have since done a complete 180 on that. That is com- my, my, my thought process on that back then was completely wrong. And I love proving myself wrong. I love being able to say, oh my God, yeah, I used to believe that. And now I realize like that was just, just poor thinking on my part. I, I, I had good reasons for it at the time, but I understand now why I thought that, but it's wrong. So... I'm going to tell you what I presently think are the, and I said, I've had a hard time answering this question. And the answer has changed a whole bunch of times. But I, if I had to only boil it down to three that I feel have been responsible for, uh, as of today, it would be responsible for 43.8 pounds of weight loss. Today, I'm presently 151.2. Um, Here's what I think they are. So I'm going to tell you the three, and then I'm just going to give you a little bit more background about how I think of each of those three. And again, I want you to kind of think about this in terms of your own journey, um, be aware of the thoughts that are coming up, and just be open to exploring things that maybe you have some initial resistance to. So the three things that I believe are the most powerful weight loss habits I've adopted are the following. Number one, I weigh myself every single morning. Number two, don't roll your eyes when I say this one, I log my foods. You rolled your eyes, didn't you? Let me explain it. I'll explain it in a second. I'm going to build a case about why you should consider doing it. It's powerful. And number three, I don't overeat. Those are the three things that I believe are the key to my success. Now, it's not the only three things I do, but if I could only do three, those would be the three that I would focus on. Now, to give you an example, when I was answering this question before, for the longest time I thought my 10-minute body was also part of that. But I realized that, that the training portion of what I do has no impact on my weight loss. At least that's the way from my own experiences. I don't train to lose weight. I train to reshape what my body looks like 
and what it can do. But I also have lots of evidence from my past where I worked out like a fiend and I had nothing to show for it. My body didn't look any different. Uh, Nobody even knew I was doing anything. And I realized in hindsight, that's because I didn't have my eating right. If I get my eating right, everything else is exponentially easier. And here's the best part. I can get all those results I want in much less time. I don't have to work out 45 minutes a day. I don't have to work out 30 minutes a day. I don't even have to work out 15 minutes a day. I can do 10 minutes a day, which I probably don't even have to do 10 if I didn't want to, to get the kinds of results that I want. And if you've seen any of my shameless, shirtless um, Instagram uh, posts, then you will see on there, like, I've done a pretty good job, right? I'm not looking to go into any kind of competitions. I'm not planning on being a gymnast. But I've done a pretty remarkable job of transforming my body, doing just 10 minutes a day. And I work really hard to keep it at 10 minutes because, again, I'm modeling for you the process, right? If I say I'm doing 10 but I'm doing 30, then I'm misleading you. So I work really, really hard to make sure it's 10 minutes of activity a day. So let me go back and break down sort of the mindset behind why I'm doing each of these. So first of all, I weigh myself every day. Now, I will tell you, I did not believe in weighing myself. I did not weigh myself for my entire life. First 53 years of my life, I did not step on the scale. In hindsight, I realized it's because I, um, I could not think greater than my emotions. So I always had a number in my head of what I thought I would weigh, and I would get on the scale, and the scale would say, you're wrong. That's not how much you weigh. You weigh way more than that, buddy. And that always used to derail me. And so I stopped weighing myself. I just wasn't prepared to deal with my reality. I wasn't prepared to sort of, um, I, I just completely lost my train of thought with or, or what the word is. But accountability, I found it. I found it. I was not prepared to hold myself accountable for the, re, for the actual results that I was creating. So um, yeah, so now, so I didn't actually start weighing myself for the first six weeks of my program. I didn't actually weigh myself because I still had that mindset of like, I, I don't believe in the scale. And then I, I, I had that, you know, my coming to Jesus moment with the scale where I was like, no, you know what? I, the reason I bought the scale was I thought I need to teach myself how to deal with the number. So that was my first foray into thinking greater than my emotions. Although I didn't have that language at that time and I wasn't thinking about that way. I was just really thinking about resiliency. I thought like, if I can't deal with the number, there is no way I'm going to have any kind of success on this journey. Like if the number crushes me, then all the other ups and downs that come with this journey, it's like, forget it, I'm finished. So I thought, I'll start with that. I'll learn how to deal with the number. And then I will slowly be able to deal with all the other things that come along. And that's exactly how it's played itself out. So um, so I weigh myself every single day. And the reason that I find the scale to be so valuable now, and I, a lot of people will poo-poo the, uh, the scale. I can't believe I just said poo-poo. But... Uh, um, you know, say, well, it's not an accurate measure or whatever. And I kind of used to think that as well, too. I, I disagree now. I think it's a, an elegant, super simple metric that we can use. What I, what I absolutely love about the scale, and it's the first thing I teach clients to do, is weigh yourself every day. And we're going to start working on how to, how to think greater than your emotions when the number comes up and you go like, oh, my God. Um, but the thing I love about the scale, it requires no physical skill. You just need to stand on the scale. What I teach people 
is the other aspect of that, which is the psychological skill to deal with the number. That's a, something completely different. I know a lot of people are of the of the essence of like you know like telling people not to weigh themselves. I personally believe you're doing people a disservice by not helping them address the reality of their life. And this will this second point will tie into that last one. By weighing myself every single day, here's the advantage. This is my mindset, but the the number on the scale today tells me the result of how I ate yesterday. Now, is that 100% correct? Probably not, but I, it doesn't matter. It's what I believe to be true. I believe that the number on the scale today tells me how well I ate yesterday. Now, if the number goes up, it doesn't mean I made any mistakes. In fact, I'm I, I, lots of times I eat exactly the way I've always eaten and my weight goes up. And that's part of what I've learned on this scale too is that our body is kind of like, our weight is like the stock market. It goes up and down every single day for no apparent reason. It's just up and down for, for whatever, right, um, on a whim. So that, that's something else that the scale has taught me. But the other thing that it does is it allows me to catch my mistakes in a 24-hour period. A week for a lot of people is way too long because let's just say I weigh myself once a week and my weight's gone up two pounds or two and a half pounds. I don't know where I don't know why. I've got 7 days that have passed. I have no idea. Was it was it this day? Was it that day? Every single day I get feedback on whether I'm on the right track or not. So it allows me to correct mistakes in a minute. I just need to make tweaks, nothing major. Um but I can if if I am making mistakes, I can correct them immediately. So the number on the scale is super important to me and it ties into number 2. I log my foods every single day. Now, people roll their eyes at the whole logging of the food thing. And I'll tell you why people do that. Because people have no idea how they eat. And because they have no idea how they eat, they don't know when they eat, they don't know how much they eat, logging is hard for them. Because it's like, well, I don't know what I ate today. Of course you don't know what you ate today. You have no idea. You don't plan your eating. You you, you, you eat, you listen to your body. I'm putting that in quotation marks because it's horrible advice for people. Listening to your body is like being a dog owner and saying, just listen to your dog and feed your dog when he wants to eat. Your dog would eat all the time. We're the same. So it's, it, it, but anyway, people have no idea how they eat, how much they eat, when they're eating, what they're eating. And as a result, yeah, of course, it's really, really hard, right? But I have now, like I've got frameworks in place about how I'm going to eat. So that framework travels everywhere that I go. So if you throw me out at a restaurant, I can figure out, I, I, I will, I can plan a successful plate because I have my framework. But anyhow, I log my foods every day. And what logging my foods allows me to do, there's a couple things. Uh, number one, and oh, sorry. So I log my foods, but there are some other things that I do that kind of tie into the logging. So even though logging in my foods is really important, there are some sub actions that I'm taking. So, but first, the first and foremost, it allows me to plan in advance. I already, like I planned today's meal yesterday. And because I have been doing this for a while now, I have a one week eating plan. So I copied last Thursday into today. And then I just scroll through it and I say, oh, you know what? I actually, I was supposed to have sole today. That was my protein source. I'm like, I don't want to have sole. So I, I'm a, I swapped it out for something else, actually. So I'm going to have something different today. Um, so it allows me to plan in advance. 
The other thing that I do that's an essential part of logging my foods is when I'm at home, I weigh the foods that I'm preparing. And a lot of people, that's a little bit obsessive. It's like, no, it's not. It's sort of like tracking your money. Right, you, you, your expenses and, and your revenues, right? Like a, a successful business doesn't, like Apple doesn't say, like, you know, like at the end of, let's say at the end of this calendar year, Apple's not going to say to its investors, I think we had a pretty good year. Like, I think our expenses were okay. Like, I think we kept them low. And I think we made, I think we made a lot of money. No, they have actual data. That tells them what their what their uh, revenues are, what their expenses are, and if things are out of control or you know things are not trending in the right directions, they make changes. It's the same thing with their food, right? I don't say like, yeah, I I, I don't think I overate. It's like the scale allows me to not overeat. The scale taught me moderation, something that I did not think I was capable of. I used to proudly say that I ate like a dog, that I could not. If you gave me whatever you gave me, I'd eat all of it. I've eaten entire pies, I've eaten entire bags of chips, I've eaten entire jars of almond butter. Like, you give it to me, I would eat it all. I've since realized that the scale allowed me to teach myself moderation. So I can now have foods that I, I couldn't have in the house before. I couldn't have almond butter in the house, in the house because I li- literally ate the entire jar in 24 hours, no matter how big it was. And now I can have, I've, I've got a jar in there, it'll probably last me three or four months uh nuts something else i can bring into the house now i've had all or i've had my cashews if i've had them at least a couple of months whereas i used to plow through a bag in a couple of days right so it's taught me um how to you know it's taught me moderation the other thing that logging my foods allows me to do is that because i weigh i I, i'm super accurate with how much i'm eating and that will give me a precise calorie total as to how many calories I consume today. Calories matter, probably not in the way that most of us think. Like I'm not about calorie restriction, but calories do matter. And for me, it's about, and this is going to tie into the third one, but it's about sort of think of it like a lane. You know how people say stay in your lane? It's staying in your calorie lane, what I call my calorie sweet spot. And I'm going to come back to that one in a second. Um, the other thing that the food log does, so it gives me my calories, but it also gives me a macro profile. So what percentage of my, of, of my diet is fat, what percentage is carbs, and what percentage is protein? And I do not subscribe anymore to other people's ways of eating. I've created a diet of one, a diet for Dean, a diet for Dean's DNA. I'm only concerned with what gets me results, not with what everybody else is doing. And what I have figured out for me, and this is what took me, got me down to consistently, I've been, I've been within 150 and 153 for the past 43 days now, is that uh, my macro profile looks approximately, so it should be between 50 and 55% of healthy fats. And then the carbs and the proteins kind of fall sort of, you know, in the 25 to 25 range. Again, it, it varies on a consistent day. But the, the key component for me is a moderately high fat diet. I want to be between 50 and 55%. That's where, that's where my success lies. That's what I've been able to determine as a result of logging my foods. And so by having that macro profile, I make sure when I plan for the day before that my macro profile fits my what it is I'm looking for and and I stay within my calorie threshold. And so that takes me to the third thing. And this is 
the this was the thing that it was never on my what I thought my big three were. But and, and I didn't realize this until earlier this year, so almost three years into the journey, where I I I made this discovery and it's going to be my focus for 2023. It's been my focus for the last couple of months. Uh, but my focus for 2023 is I can have great success simply by not overeating. And I say that based on the fact that in 2021, because I keep a spreadsheet with all my data, uh, it allows me to see patterns that other people would never be able to see as a result of their eating. But um, I, I, I saw that in 2021, I overate uh, 114 times. So essentially almost one third of the year. I was overeating. And what ended up happening was over the course of 2021, I put on 15 pounds. So I lost 45 and I put 15 back back on again. And it took me almost a year and a half to get that 15 off, to figure out what my mistake was. And ultimately, it was uh, the overeating was was the thing that when I overeat, I spend all of my time just trying to break even. And I wasn't breaking even. Because I consistently didn't overeat. And so my big takeaway from from this discovery a few months ago was this idea of actually not, not adding anything new, just consistently not making overeating mistakes, working really hard to stay within my established calorie threshold, my, my calorie sweet spot. And again, think of it like a lane. So for me, it's staying between 2100 and 2300. If I stay between 2100 and 2300, and I kind of shoot for the middle, I give myself a margin of safety. First of all, I never have to worry about about not eating enough. That will never ever be an issue for me. So I don't worry about it. But there are some people who have sort of been ingrained like the idea is in order to lose weight, you must restrict calories. I have never restricted calories on my journey. Uh, and I believe it's a false belief that they put out there because that that behavior is not sustainable long term. Right. It, so we need to we need to eat reasonably. I need to find a calorie th- sweet spot that keeps me satiated with foods I love. And by the way, I love what I eat. Like absolutely love it. That's why people say like, yeah, but how, like you don't eat out. It's like I don't want to eat out. I love what I eat. I don't need somebody else to make make me food. I absolutely love what I eat. We underestimate that aspect of this journey, that when you start getting into this and you start getting results and you start preparing your own meals, you're not going to want to eat out because nobody can match your standards that of, of the kinds of foods that you can create for yourself the way that you want to create them um, at scale. Anyhow, um, so I kind of lost my train of thought there, but oh, I got it. Yeah, yeah 21 to 2300. So I, I, if, I, if I consistently stay at about 2200, and I got a margin of safety of, of, of 100, magic can happen. Now, that doesn't mean that I can't stretch. My, my goal is to stay between 21 and 2300. But I can, uh, a couple times a week, I can stretch it. I can stretch it to 2500. When I get into trouble is when it goes over 2500. That's my danger zone. And in 2021, I had lots of days. I had a few not a ton, but I had a few 4,000 calorie days. I had lots of 3,000 calorie days, which is all just way too much. So if I actually spend more time making fewer mistakes, I can, I can, I can have like crazy success with this. So those three habits, weighing myself every day, logging my foods, 
and staying in my eating lane, staying within my calorie sweet spot is like taken individually, I'll have some success, but I'm not going to have the kind of success I'm having. It's the bundling of those habits together. When, when I first came up with the idea of bundling was as a result of what my uh, internet service provider does, right? They bundle services together. When you bundle you know, your internet with your cable, with your phone, you get a better deal. And I thought, wow, what, what about if we started thinking about our habits that way? But n- not just a better deal, we get an exponential return on investment. So the, the visual is the Venn diagram, right? So you think of like three circles, and there's a spot where they all intersect. That intersection is the exponential magic that really, think about then, it creates a great big circle around those three intersecting circles. And that's the exponential aspect of it. That by doing all three of them, not just one, by doing all three of them, exponential results are generated. So I guess that's it, really. That's all I wanted to share with you. Those are my three. I'm going to strongly recommend that you steal my three because I believe that if everybody did that, that they would get amazing results. Now, keep in mind that, again, this is a process, right? Weighing yourself, um, there's the, there is the psychological um, skill that you have to learn, right? So that's, that's not – it's easier said than done. But that's the first thing. It's the easiest thing to do. Logging the foods takes time to get used to it because, again, there's a whole bunch of things like you need to have – you have to figure out how many meals you're going to have a, a day – uh, um, when you're going to eat those meals, what the framework for those meals looks like. So there's a lot of work that goes into that in order to get logging down. But once you get it down, I say that, like logging is effort for, effortless for me now. I'm I'm in and out. I could be in and out in a minute if I want to be. I, I'm in there a lot longer because I love being in there now because uh, it's a profound tool, but it has gotten super easy for me. But it was not easy in the beginning. I was like the rest of you. I didn't know how I ate. So it was a lot of work of like, hmm, what did I have today? And I don't have to do any of that anymore. Um, And then the last part is figuring out a calorie threshold, which has taken me about three years. doesn't need to take you three years, though, because you're going to take this podcast that I am now sharing with you, and you're going to start thinking about it. So you're like, yeah, I don't have to take three years to figure this out, but I need to figure out what my calorie threshold is. And I'm constantly experimenting with that. It was, if you had asked me last week, I would have said between 22 and 2400. But I realized that, you know, again, overeating is my thing. That's the thing that I have always um, defaulted to. I'm just a, I have been, I want to be careful of my languaging, I have been a natural overeater. What I'm working on training myself to do now is to eat reasonably. And if I consistently make fewer mistakes, I will get remarkable results that are easy for me to sustain long term that my friend is is slash are the three most powerful weight loss habits that i have bundled together to create exponential results i'm going to strongly recommend you steal those on your journey and take that thinking and apply it to other areas of your life what are the big three what are the magic three with your work with your family that if you did those things and and, and bundle them together that they would create something exponentially wonderful. Have a great rest of your day. And hey, thanks for listening.